0: most of you know, and some of you this will come as a shock, but most of you know that I enjoy all things to do with shooting, hunting, camping, four-wheel driving, Um, but especially I am passionate about hunting and shooting. I I like to, um, at least twice a year, plan a trip, sometimes for... Four days, sometimes for two days, sometimes for a week um, and and generally this planning starts for about two months before and a, a weekend away or a trip away um, most of the time the the trip away will cost about three to four hundred dollars. Uh, I have a, a mate that I generally go with and and between us sometimes we can spend up to about three hundred dollars on fuel, food, ammunition and um, And the like, and on the last trip that i that I had during my holidays in December uh, December and january i we we had to do quite a fair bit of walking because of the weather um, we couldn 't drive around the property, and so we walked and this one particular morning we did about fifteen kilometers in in one direction and then back home again so so we expended a lot of energy and um, a lot of time on this particular walk. You can imagine the blisters and the sore toes that we ended up with. So you can see I love to go shooting. I love to go hunting. Um, You can see that I am passionate about it. And yet in our psalm tonight, we can see the, the author's passion for the courts of the Lord. He says, my soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. And this has been working on me all week. It's been working on me and and making me ask the question, does my soul long for the Lord in this same sort of way? And the next verse goes on to say that, that his heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. How often does my heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God? When am I zealous for God, for his kingdom, for his cause, for his glory? I use that word zealous because in our B series that we're doing, the the small little series that we're doing, tonight's topic is Be Zealous. Some of you are going, what is that old English word and where does it come from? What does it mean? It means to have a great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a particular cause or objective. It means to have a great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a particular cause or objective. So can you see the zeal that this author has in the psalm that we're looking at tonight? He says, my soul longs, yes, faints for the Lord. You can almost see him down on his knees, crying out with with tears of passion and enthusiasm, crying out to God for his presence. Every part of his being, his, his heart and his flesh, cries out to God and says, my heart and soul cry out to God. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Now, our author is a son of Korah. It may say that in, um, in your Bible at the top of, top of your, um, the top of that Psalm. And, and he is essentially someone who works in the temple. He is a guy who sings praises on a, a rotating roster in the temple and he still has that same sort of passion and enthusiasm for God's presence. It's not a laboured or obligated kind of passion and enthusiasm for God, is it? It fills his life so much that, that his heart and flesh cry out to God. He cannot be silent about the good things that God has done in his life. And he goes on to say that that even a sparrow can find refuge in the courts of the Lord. See in verse 3 there, it says, Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my God and my King. Our temple that he works in is is, um, either surrounded or or internalised by a court, much like our courtyards that we would most likely have at, at our place. And, um, and so our author's probably seen a bird come in to the the temple, the, the most holy place, and build a nest in the gutters or the roof space or something like that. And he says, this is an amazing thing, that even in the temple of the Most High God, that a bird can find refuge enough refuge to lay her young, enough comfort, peace and joy to lay her young. He makes the point that that if a sparrow can do this in the presence of the Lord, then how much more can a person do that? How much more can a human being do that in the presence of the Lord? This seemingly insignificant kind of bird. You know, birds like swallows and sparrows, they're a dime a dozen, aren't they? There's a thousand of them out there. And so he says, this seemingly insignificant kind of bird, how come he can find refuge in God? Um, And then he says, so how much more can a human being do that? And he goes on to say, Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praises. He's probably seen this bird, this particular bird, dwelling in the house of the Lord, living there and singing, singing his song and essentially singing his song to the Lord. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Why does our author have so much amazing zeal for the Lord? The rest of the psalm goes on. It's a, just another another um, eight verses and it, it goes on and it's basically full of the praise of God. It's full of the praise of the of the God who's rescued Israel. It's full of the praise of the God who, who created the earth. And so it, it's the author's understanding of who God is and what he has done that... That gives him this amazing zeal for the Lord. He understands that God is worthy to be praised. And therefore, not only just worthy to be praised in an obligated sort of way, He's worthy to be praised in a passionate, enthusiastic, um, and zealous kind of way. He's worthy to be pursued with a passion and enthusiasm. He's worthy to have our zeal. And as I said earlier, these, these small verses, these few, few verses ask me, or make me ask myself, how much zeal have I got for God? How much does my soul faint or cry out for the presence of the Lord? Does my heart and flesh cry out? usually it's it 's not until things are going pretty rotten in my life where I start to cry out to God sometimes it's when things are going really really well, I start to get full of pride and um, and you know I, I start to think i've got this yeah it 's all good, but it 's not until I get to the rock bottom of of my spiritual life, my life in general that that i don 't start to to cry out to God. It might be the same for you guys as well it 's not until i 'm feeling a little bit distant from god and and feeling far off from him that that I long to be closer to him that shouldn 't be the case, should it? because without God, we lose all sense of direction, of purpose, of guidance, of peace in our lives, don't we? Without God, I fall back into the temptation of, of sin and, and self-centeredness. When I don't have a, a great passion and zeal for God, it's, it's all about me and it's not about his cause and his kingdom. Like I said, it's probably the same for you guys. But you, no, you're not like that, are you? You've got it all sorted out. Without God, we are nothing. Do you agree? Without the presence of God, we can have no peace or comfort or joy. And so we should be zealous for God, not only for our own personal gain but for his glory as well. I've stated that this zeal should not be obligated it should not be a uh, this is part of my job or this is part of Christianity this zeal should not be should not be obligated but it cannot be faked either. I knew a, a lady once who um, and it's not in this she's not in this church. I knew this person who was so over the top, zealous and enthusiastic for not only for God but for for making herself um, welcoming and that sort of thing. That she was she was so over the top zealous that it came across as empty and fake. You see, this God given zeal oozes from a person in a way that that lets you know that it's from their heart only in a way that God can give it. This zeal cannot be faked. And it's the same for a healthy, passionate person, a, an enthusiastic kind of person. doesn't always equal a zealous person for God. And a person who attends everything at church is, is not always a zealous person for God as well. And what looks like zeal for me is not going to look like zeal or enthusiasm or passion for you. What you are passionate about, about God, will be different to what I am passionate about, about God. Does that make sense? Are you following me? I want to show you what zeal for the Lord looks like. What better example do we have than Jesus? Turn over with me to Mark chapter 14 verse 36. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and he's praying to God. He he ends up praying and sweats drops of blood. Mark 14 verse 36. He prays that God would take this this cup away from him. He says, "Abba, Father, All things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not not what I will, but what you will. You see, Jesus' zeal for God's glory goes above and beyond just doing what he's obligated to do. It goes above and beyond. You know, he knew what was to come. He knew what was to come and yet he says, no, God, you, whatever you will be done in my life. You see, he was willing to, to suffer and die for God's glory to be revealed on the earth. And further along in Mark, um, Jesus ends up being scourged. This is, is not just a, a bit of a whip or a, a switch or a... Uh, wooden spoon or anything like that. It's a, it's a whip with pieces of leather about so long with little metal barbs and pieces of bone and that sort of thing on it which not only gave you a heck of a whip but also ripped pieces of flesh from your back as you were being scourged. Jesus was then crucified You see, Jesus' zeal for for God's glory to be revealed on the earth didn't come in an obligated sort of way. He wasn't just willing to die just for the sake of it, but he was willing to suffer an extremely horrible death. His passion and zeal for God's glory to be revealed on the earth extended to the point of, of not just dying, not just preaching the kingdom, but enduring such an awful death. And you can understand why it's called the Passion of the Christ, can't you? The crucifixion story is called the Passion. Sometimes we need to be reminded of what it cost for us to be called children of God. I can't stand up here and, and um, order you to be ze- zealous or enthusiastic or passionate about God. Heck, I can't even come across as zealous and enthusiastic. That's just my personality. If someone tells you to be sad, that won't make you sad, will it? They, they might tell you to be sad and you can fake it for a little bit but you're only doing it because you were told to. But what if your doctor tells you you've ha- you have cancer? That could make you sad. That could make you really sad. And nobody can tell you to be happy either. Do you remember that song? It's still played nowadays from the 80s. Don't worry, be happy. Nobody was was happy after aside from the, the general happiness of the song, nobody was happy because that guy told them, don't worry, be happy. If your doctor tells you you have cancer and then says, don't worry, be happy, you're probably not going to be happy. But if he says, don't worry, we have a simple cure... That would make you happy, wouldn't it? You can't be commanded to to feel something, to be something that you're not. If someone hands you a $10,000 check and says, be happy, you have great reason to be happy. And they probably didn't even need to tell you to be happy, did they? You'd be happy without being told so. And so it's important for us to be enthusiastic and zealous about our Christian walk. The biggest companies in the world hire big-name motivational speakers to, to enthuse and, and motivate their, their staff, particularly their managerial staff. They bring in these motivational speakers to to give off an enthusiasm and make their staff enthusiastic about the products that they sell or manage or whatever they do. You see, big businesses like KFC want their employees to feel enthusiastic about chicken, sold in 15 different ways. Because... If those those employees are not enthusiastic about chicken sold in fifteen different ways, they know that it's bad for morale, not just in the in the business itself but their customers. They know that their profits are affected by the, that lack of enthusiasm and lack of zeal and so it's in the same way it's it's detrimental for big business to not have enthusiastic and zealous people. In the same way, it's detrimental to Christianity if Christians are not enthusiastic, passionate and zealous about Christ. Without being passionate for God and for his cause, we will be seen as less and less relevant to society these days. Without being passionate for God and His cause, we will be less and less effective in sharing our faith because we're not passionate about it. Can you imagine if someone knocked on your door and says, Hi, let me tell you about Jesus? He's really exciting. I can't stand up here and tell you to be zealous but I can give you some of the reasons why you can be zealous, why you can be enthusiastic and passionate about Christ. Jesus Christ was willing, number one, Jesus Christ was willing to go to the cross for your and my sake and to reveal God's glory here on the earth. And number two, God is working in your life and has has an amazing plan for it. That, that amazing plan may not come to full fruition until eternity, but God is working in your life. So what more reason do we have to be passionate, enthusiastic and zealous for God than the fact that the Son of God was, was willing to come and die for our sakes, for God's sake, for God's kingdom, for God's glory? What more reason do we have to be zealous than the fact that God is continuing to work in our lives? Some of the ways that we can be more zealous is by getting into the Word, by, by looking more and more deeply into Psalms and, and into the Scriptures that tell us the stories about what God has done in our lives or what God has done in the lives of those within the Bible. And the promises that are are within those scriptures as well. I'm going to read Psalm 84, the rest of the psalm. If you turn over with me, starting at verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion as they go through the valley of Baca they know that they make it a place of springs the early rain also covers it with pools they go from strength to strength each one appears before God in Zion o lord god of hosts hear my prayer give ear o god of jacob behold our shield o god look on the face of your anointed For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Do you see the, the promises that are there? For the Lord God is a sun and shield, verse 11. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Another way that we can be more zealous and, and ask God to fill us with enthusiasm and passion is to pray. To ask him to, to fill us with that very passion and enthusiasm. Let's do that now. Heavenly Father, thank you for the way that you have formulated your scriptures. Thank you for the way that they can still speak to us today. And Lord, I ask that you would fill each one of us with your passion and enthusiasm and zeal for your cause and your kingdom. Help us to pursue after your kingdom far greater than than anything else that we pursue after. Lord, help us to be people who are enthusiastic and passionate about Jesus Christ because of the way that he was enthusiastic and passionate about us. Lord, I pray that you would fill us by your Holy Spirit with your zeal. and pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Dale. Just following from that, um, what Dale was saying about all the different reasons we have to be zealous for God and to have passion for God is to look at who he is. Uh, In this next song we're about to sing,